Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 37 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we are going to be joined by NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Jade Buford. He is piloting the number 48 Chevy Camaro for Big Machine Racing. We will get to know Jade and also go around the latest news and notes in the NASCAR world. Also have your Ask David segment as well coming up at the end of today's show as always we are presented by our friends at whataburger don't forget that every whataburger is made fresh served hot and prepared just like you like it want jalapenos and cheese on that no problem they've got you covered whataburger proudly serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day david Starr joins us right now david we were off last week back in the saddle again how we doing my friend Man, doing great, buddy. Just uh, man, have been busy back here, uh, back home in Dallas, Texas, and just uh, man, there's never enough hours in a day, you know. And uh, just got back from my son's football game, and uh, but man, just uh, uh, had a man, what a great weekend of racing they had at Richmond this past weekend. And looking forward to uh, man, I think everybody's favorite Bristol, Tennessee, coming up this weekend. Oh man, Bristol's such a treat. That Bristol night race is uh, no joke, that is for sure. Dominic Oregon from the RacingExperts.com is here with us as well. Dom, how are we feeling? Doing great, man. Another week. Glad to be back after a two-week hiatus again. Good to see you guys. Yes, always. Always good to see uh, everybody in the house uh, on Let's Go Racing this week. And before we bring in Jade, uh, David, I want to ask you about this past week. There, uh, what what we saw in the uh, you know on the NASCAR circuit. Uh, tell me about uh, how things went for you. You you did the uh, the Cup and Xfinity race uh, this uh, past weekend. Tell us about all that. No, I just did the uh, man. We just we just ran the Xfinity race. Oh, that's uh, right. Saturday afternoon, and uh, you know, we ran a Cup <laughs> race since we last talked. Let me correct. Yeah, that's you. that's yeah. right. That's right. But man, I tell you what, you know our. My hell of a brand's Toyota Super was man. It was uh, it was a handful. I was uh, really tight in the center of the corners, and uh, and then our forward bite, our drive up off the corners there at Richmond. One of the things that you need your race car to do is to turn, really rotate good in the center. And man, if you got some good drive up up off the corners, it's going to be a great a great. You're going to have a great race and a great day for you. And unfortunately, man. Uh, I could I could handle our car being a little bit tight where it didn't turn that good in the center, but man, just the the drive off the corners we had absolutely none, and we uh, tell you what we fought to stay on the lead lap. Uh, you know we stayed on the lead lap for a long time and fought to do that, but man, I tell you, Johnny Rodden, my crew chief, and Carl Long, my team owner, I mean we changed. God, I, I couldn't believe how much they changed our race car throughout the race and and man nothing would really fix what we needed to be fixed you know we just couldn't get that drive up off the corners and really when it came down to it we just messed the setup you know and uh, there's no other way of putting it you know and uh and man it can be a long frustrating day but hey we did the best we could with what we had it was an exciting race. There was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of beating and banging. And it, it, it was a, a fun race, but man, it was just as a race car driver when you can't get that thing to turn in the center and you got that, you don't have that drive off the corner. It makes it for a long race, but uh, but man, it is what it is. And you know, sometimes you have a race like that. But uh, but anyway, we did the best we could, and that's what we had. Noah Gregson ended up with the victory. That was his second of 2021. And you look at the Xfinity standings, uh, you know, A.J. Allmendinger's up there, Austin Sendrick. Uh, I think there was a belief, David, that Sendrick was going to kind of run away with uh, 2021, that he was by far the driver to beat. But we've seen some good competition, especially as of late in the uh, Xfinity Series the last few weeks. No, no, no doubt about it. You know, and then uh, Noah Grayson's just doing a heck of a job. You know, I think the momentum's, uh, you know, on that team and, and – you know, once you get that first win behind you, you can kind of relax, and you got like a big old gorilla off your off your shoulders, you know. And man, just what Noah Grayson's done to one to finally win two races back to back, and I think he he's going to be a contender. You know, those uh, junior motorsport cars are strong, and uh, man, you know it's it's coming down to you know getting down to the playoff times, and uh, man, we're really seeing some teams 
that you know it's it's not surprising, but you're seeing some teams that we wasn't talking about earlier in the season kind of coming to the front of the pack per se. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's for sure. And uh, on the cup side too, we'll talk more about this later. Coming to an elimination race here at uh, Bristol this weekend, and after all this talk about Kyle Larson, David, all season. The Joe Gibbs cars have found some life the last couple of weeks. <laughs> well, I, you know, we're watching it. We're all watching this, you know, and, and uh, man, it's, I, it, it almost seemed like they've been kind of holding back, you know, and uh, when the playoffs got here, man, th those uh, Gibbs cars are strong every race. And, you know, they're going to be a championship contender when it comes down to the playoffs like they are. But, man, you know, the dominance that Hendricks has had up until the playoffs and the dom and the Hendrick cars are still strong. But, man, incredible what these Gibbs cars and the drivers are doing, man. It's it's impressive with Martin Truex getting to win Saturday night and and seeing how strong Denny Hamlin was again. And, I, you know, I, I don't know where Kyle Busch, you know, the final results. But, man, those Gibbs cars were first, second, and third there for a long time Saturday night. Yeah, they were certainly impressive. Dominic, tell us about our next guest, Jade Buford, uh, the driver of the number 48 Chevy Camaro for Big Machine Racing. Yes, our guest tonight, regular in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. He and David compete weekly in NASCAR Second Tier Series. He has a sports racing background, open wheel background, and this is his first full-time year racing the number 48 car in the Xfinity Series. Jade, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Let's Go Racing. Hey, thanks guys for having me. Oh yeah, so we always like to ask our guests, where, take us back to where it all started, right? Take us to the beginning. What got Jade Buford interested in racing cars in the first place? Well, I grew up uh, middle school and early high school. I did a lot of dirt bikes. So I live in Nashville, Tennessee. We have tons of trails and backwoods roads. Uh, so I would, after school, I'd just go take off on my dirt bike, ride trails with friends. Did a little bit of racing, but not too much, mostly just trail riding. Uh, that kind of gave me a good basis for driving race cars so I got my first shot to hop on a racetrack when I was 18 kind of a late bloomer but when I went through I went through a driving school after the driving school all the instructors like went up to my dad's like how long has he been doing this and my dad's like first day he's ever been on a track they're like he's as fast as we are and they're like my dad's like he has no idea what he's doing do <laughs> 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 not let him go any faster <laughs> uh, but Motorcycles, kind of, it, I always say, if you can be comfortable on two wheels, it's easy to be comfortable on four wheels. Awesome. So you had a lot of natural talent from what you're saying in the beginning, just a lot of raw talent. Teach, uh, teaches you a lot of basics. Teaches you also not to make too many mistakes. Awesome. So and the other, this is I love asking drivers this question because there's always a great answer with it. At what point or at first point did you realize, I can make this a career. I can make a career out of racing vehicles. Uh, it was a bit, it was a little bit down the road. I had a lot of help. Like what I got me into pro racing was I had a driver coach that worked with me and kind of mentored me along. And I knew, I kind of started to learn the business of being a racing car driver. And there's a lot more into it than just, as David and everybody knows, it's a lot more that goes into it than just being fast behind the wheel. Mm -hmm. And so I made a living for a long time in sports cars also as like a development driver. So I'd work with car manufacturers and also work on developing vehicle and learning to communicate with engineers is something that most people, when they come into the sport, they maybe, maybe don't think that's as big of a part of it as it really is. When you wanna get, earn a living behind the wheel, then you have to be able to do everything. You have to be able to communicate to engineers. And that was something that I was very fortunate uh, for Six years, I drove for uh, an engineering company based out of Canada. So it got me involved in all these development projects, and it really just made me a better racing car driver and made me more valuable to the team other than just being able to turn a lap. Well, Jay, man, that's it's very interesting, man. I, I tell you what, you uh, I mean, when you came on a scene, I mean, you, I'm just listening to you speak and, and knowing that you don't really have a – a lot of uh, experience on, on these circle tracks, man, man, you exploded on the scene and dude, it seems like that 48 car is strong week after week. And it just seems like y'all are getting stronger as a team. It's, it's really impressive. You know, I've been on the racetrack race against you man, you just, you do a great job. You're a great race car driver. 
And man, you got, you know, it's, uh, uh, you got a great team behind you, a great team owner and a great crew chief. And, uh, but man, just going back, understanding, you know, from dirt bikes to uh, road racing and, you know, working with an engineering firm and all the different projects y'all did. And man, it's just, uh, man, you were, you were honing your skills, uh, you're honing your skills, but, but man, when you stepped up here to NASCAR and they just kind of throw you in there to the wolves, man, you, you've done, it's been impressive. It's impressive to see somebody that doesn't have a lot of circle track experience like yourself, but man, you're fast week in and week out, you know, and, and I don't have the stats right here in front of me, but I think you got three or four top 10 finishes and, ran in the top 10 a lot this year and it, it's just been so impressive and uh you know kind of uh, take us back to uh so the road racing experience you have uh did you race in IMSA I mean where where was uh where was your lot of experience at was it yeah. you know you know tell us a little about where a lot of your racing experience is at and and uh you know on the road racing side uh, the three main sports car series that I drove in were mainly IMSA. I, I drove in IMSA for 10 years. Rally wow. uh, World Challenge and a little British GT. So I got to go over the pond and run a few races. Uh, that's primarily it. Most of the manufacturers <laughs> I drove for were either Ford Performance or Aston Martin Racing. Uh, but I got hands on everything. I got to do the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Uh, on three occasions, twice driving a Mazda, uh, if you remember the old Mazda RX-8 rotary engines back on the Rolex GT days, and also a Porsche. Man, that, that's awesome, man. IMSA, they're running IMSA for 10 years, man. I, when I think of road racing, I think of IMSA, you know what I mean? And a 24-hour race at Daytona, I, I've been watching that for 30 years and thinking, man, it'd be kind of cool if I could somewhat, sometime run a race like that. But man, I Man, you guys are good, and uh, man, you take that experience and the knowledge you have on those road racing courses, and you trans, you tr you know, translate it over here to these circle tracks. It's 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 has served you well. I mean, you have, you know, I don't know how many people, uh, but man, it's surprising how good you are, and 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 how far y'all have come as a team to be such a new team in NASCAR, and. Uh, Man, you know, it's, uh, I'm a big country music fan. I love country music. And, uh, man, when they said big machine racing, you know, big machine, you got big machine, Baca, or, you know, you had big machine on your race car. I'm thinking big machine. I mean, I, there's a guy named Scott Bichetta that's very famous in the country and Western industry, you know, and I know he's got big, you know, people like Taylor Swift and uh, Tim McGraw and on and on and on. I'm sure you know them all. But man, share with us how all that came about. You know, how did you meet Scott Bichetta and how did you be, you know, to, to, to you know, for me, you know, I'm just think, man, this guy's got to be, he's something special, you know, and what he does is, is amazing. And obviously you've had a relationship with him and to be his race car driver. Can you share with uh, all of us how that all came about? You know, that's pretty interesting. Uh, it's a pretty good story. Uh, so I used to travel around uh, in my free time and I would go to track day events. I traveled around with one track day group uh, primarily and I would offer pro coaching every day uh, at the track. And so Scott happened to be at one of the track day events I was at at, at Austin, Texas at CODA. And he reached out to me and asked for a little bit of help and it was his first time there, so I rode around with him, and I gave him a few pointers and, and took a few laps in one of his uh, – he's got some vintage Corvettes, and he let me hop in there and take a take a little joy ride in it around Kodo. It was pretty awesome. Uh, so from there, uh, at the end of that weekend, I was looking for a ride back to the airport. Uh, and so in the driver's meeting, they asked, like, hey, guys, Jay's looking for a ride back to Austin Bergstrom uh, around 4 o'clock. And if anybody can give him a lift, he was heading that direction, uh, talk, talk to Jade. He'd probably appreciate it. After the driver's meeting, Scott walked up to me. He's like, you going back to Nashville? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, just cancel your flight. Fly home with me. And wow. I was like, okay. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we ended up, like, we, we sat, we, he gave me a ride home back to Nashville. We ended up talking and kind of 
the relationship kind of spawned from there. We we'd meet up at the track. We we done vintage racing now for the last couple of years together. He's got a couple Corvettes that, that we hop out there and we kind of we're, we're pretty dominant in the Corvettes. Uh, Corvettes have come a long way. His guys here in Nashville have done an incredible job turning a 1972 1969 Chevy Corvette into one of the fastest things I've ever driven to Monster. <laughs> That's amazing, man. A 1969 Chevrolet Corvette is it is amazing. Yeah, it is a monster. Ain't that cool? I mean, next thing you know, man, you, 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 Scott reaches out to you here in Austin, Texas, you know, and then next thing you know, you need to lift to the freaking airport there in Austin just so you can get on a commercial flight and hell, two hours later or three hours later, you're on a private jet with Scott Bichetta, dude. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, I love those types of stories. I mean, that's, that's amazing, you know, and, uh, but you know, it's, it's cool that people like that, I think, my opinion, you know, people like Scott Bichetta and all these other celebrities that that love, you know, their car enthusiasts, racing enthusiasts, when they reach out to a J, you know, reach out to you to help them learn how to be a better race car driver. And they obviously they're asking you for assistance and using your ability and your skills to, to help them. I mean, it's amazing what that turned into, you know, what it what it's turned out to be for you, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was totally unexpected. Uh, he gave me the opportunity last year to go run the road courses in the Xfinity series. And when he finally, when he told me he was giving me this opportunity, I, like we were at Mid-Ohio and there was another group on track and it was so loud. Like we were sitting in the garage and he just turns to me and I hear him word something that sounds like, I'm going to put you in an Xfinity. And I literally walked away when he said that. I was like, did he just ask me, like, what my cable service provider was? Like, I couldn't <laughs> hear him clearly enough. And then later we were, like, debriefing in his, uh, in his RV. And he's like, I'm serious. I'm going to put you in an Xfinity race. And I was like, I did hear him correctly. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's pretty awesome. So my, I was scheduled to do Indy uh, to start. And then he ended up putting me in all four road courses. Man, that's that that is amazing. And then, uh, man, you, I think you've done. I don't, I don't know where you finished at, but obviously, however it went, it went well enough where he's like, "Hey, I'm all in, and and we're gonna go full time NASCAR Xfinity racing." That was that's a big deal, you know. And uh, you know, and and when did when did you learn that? How did that come about? You know, uh, that was very late, and we did have a good run. We ran. In the four road courses, we ran in the top 10 pretty consistently, and we finished eighth at the Charlotte Roval last year. So that was kind of the, the icing on the cake, was the Charlotte Roval, which was a crazy race, if anybody remembers. It was in the rain, was it not? <laughs> All that rain, it was in yeah. A, it was in a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> at night. Well, man, that, that, that is amazing. And, and man, you know, did you know who uh, Scott Bichetta, did you know who he was being from the Nashville area uh, yourself? Uh, not initially, uh, not really. I didn't know the full scope of everything he did. And now I've come to learn, like, he's probably one of the busiest people I've ever, ever met. He's got his hands in everything between Big Machine Vodka, Spike Coolers, uh, his record label, Big Machine Records. And he's a very busy man. And it's pretty amazing to watch. When you look at who he's working with on the record side, I mean, everybody from, you know, Rascal Flats, Tim McGraw, Garth Brooks, uh, Taylor Swift, just to name a few, you know, Raven McIntyre over the years. With this being a newer team, doesn't that does that feel good to be like, hey, he's he's been able to be this successful with these big names in this side and that, you know, hey, he believes in me in this venture that, you know, to be almost in that same breath. Is that kind of the vibe you get of sorts? Oh, yeah. Uh, he, like, when we started this year, he was searching around, talking to teams, seeing if we could put, put myself in a good place to learn uh, and develop as a driver in the Xfinity series. Uh, after he pursued that for a while, he's the type of guy that was, he was like, we can do it ourselves. We can do it our way. And that's probably the best, that's probably the best case for us. And so Big Machine Racing started like right around Christmas uh, with nothing. Uh, no hauler, no tools, no team, no cars, no points, no shop. And they had a race in 
think they had 45 days before Daytona when the team was conceived. That's that's amazing. That's amazing, man. I I, I mean, I mean to to to, I mean sometimes that planning and that that the planning and I mean that's a process and a procedure that takes months and months and sometimes a year. Yeah, we were very. 40-something days, and then went to Daytona. Unbelievable. Yeah, and then Danny Bone drove our car at Daytona, finished 19th. Uh, Obviously, with my lack of oval experience, I wasn't eligible to hop out on the super speedway uh, right right off the bat. So I had to do several mile and a half uh, before I I got my approval to do super speedways. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was pretty pretty amazing. We were very fortunate how everything worked out. From the day I was told, that we were going to have a team. It was Scott, Patrick, myself. The next day, Patrick called me. He's like, oh, we got a shop. We got a hauler. We got cars. And we got points. And he's like, that's four big things that I didn't know if we were going to get any. (laughs) (laughs) Those are kind of all important there. (laughs) Minor details there. And how important has the leadership there been with at Crew Chief Bill Patrick Donahue? Here's somebody who's Crew Chief at all three levels of NASCAR's top touring series. He won races as Gordon's Crew Chief in the Xfinity Series. How pivotal has he been this year working with you and the team? He's been huge. Uh, Obviously, this is a guy you would hire to build a team. And we got so lucky to, to have him be our crew chief. And he's taught me so much and what to focus on and walks me, like he'll even do track walks with me and kind of give me his insight on how to, what to really focus on and where to put the car and helps me get up to speed as much as anybody. Uh, and then when it comes to strategy, and making changes it's something that I don't have to worry about as much I just give them my feedback on what the car is doing and let them go with it that's awesome now I gotta know uh Jade uh, are, are you much of a country music fan yourself have you gotten to know some <laughs> of the the guys that uh Scott the guys and gal Scott works with and such on the music side uh, I've gotten to meet a couple of them I think I've met one of the members of Lady A and uh, I think Carly Pierce came to one of our, uh, it was like an IndyCar unveiling uh, for Nashville. She came to and got to meet her, um, but I haven't meet, met too many others. I'm a little bit of a country fan, but I'm not huge. So I don't, I listen to a lot of music and like Scott and I actually talk about music a lot, uh, but I'm all over the map on what I like. And, and there's a little bit of country in there, we'll say. Man, and with the, the vodka stuff going on, too, I mean, you guys just have everything there at Big Machine. I'm, I'm impressed. He's <laughs> got a lot going on. Yeah, you, I, and you know, it, it, just talking about Patrick, man, to have a crew chief uh, with with the knowledge and the six, you know, and his his resume, I mean, it's, it's amazing to, to have a crew chief of that stature and, and to be driving for – you know, for Scott Bichetta, man, dude, life's got to be pretty dang good. You know, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, it's been a crazy year. We've had some ups, we've had some downs, and, but the big picture, everything's been incredible. Like, and we keep getting better as a team. We keep getting to know each other, and the uh, the chemistry is definitely there. And it's just, we all know it's just going to keep getting better and better uh, with more time. And so. As a team, we're really excited for the rest of this season and uh, down the road and see what what may lay ahead of us. Absolutely, Jay. What would you What would you say has been one of the biggest learning curves from uh, the types of racing, the IMSA and the road racing stuff? Obviously, you know you're one of the best at that type of racing, and when you when you transition over to NASCAR and ninety percent ovals, what are some of the things that really uh, that something that wasn't a big surprise, but something that was really a big surprise, maybe a big learning curve? Uh, probably from the driving point is the way the grooves change. And that is something that from a road course perspective makes zero sense. <laughs> because you take, you want to basically make the radius as big, but also as short as possible. Absolutely. Um, so you can, Radius equals speed, carry as much speed. But with NASCAR, well, you may start running out on the bottom around some tracks for 10, 15 laps, and then the groove starts migrating up the track. 
And before you know it, you're running off the wall at 160 miles per hour all the way around the track. And from road course to, from a road course perspective, that makes zero sense. Unless you're on the rain, uh, you do not take the longest way around. You make the corner as smooth of a radius as possible. Well, man, just hearing you speak about that, you know, it's interesting that people, you know, that, you know, a lot of, most people probably don't know that, you know, the fastest line is not always the preferred line and the grade widens out. And, you know, it's interesting to hear you speak about that because uh, you are, you start on the bottom, next thing you know, you're inches off the wall. (laughs) And and you just, man, I, I tell you, it's just been so impressive racing against you and watching you. Uh, because I know that your background is not circle track racing, but dude, you're good. You're a hell of a race car driver and you've done a tremendous job. And, and just to have the folks and the team behind you that you do, man, your y'all's future is really, really bright and big, man. So I'm excited for you. Very lucky. Thank you. Well, That's great. The thing too, Jade, I mean, you look at the results over the, the season, right? Outside of not making the Daytona race and running everything on since the Daytona road course. You guys have been picking up a few positions, especially on those ovals, and I feel like it's all come full circle for you guys. Best finish yet was ninth at Michigan. It seems like you're learning those ovals and learning something and picking up spots every time you go back to a, a mile-and-a-half track or the D-shaped ovals. Yeah, um, definitely as a team, I think we've exceeded our expectations this year on the ovals. I think 13 top 20s, one top 10, at, and a top 10 at the fastest track on the schedule, uh, nonetheless. So it, it was definitely very interesting. I know we still got, as a team, we have some stuff to work on and we'll keep getting better. I think one place we fell maybe a little bit short is our road course, but we had some unfortunate luck. We were running in the top 10 at the Daytona road course, and we've had two mechanicals of unbreakable parts this year on road courses. So we've had some unfortunate luck, but as a team, we have a lot to be proud of for sure. Now, uh, I got to ask you, uh, Jade, uh, you know, some of the things you've done off the track, uh, you were involved in American Ninja Warrior a couple times. Tell us about that. (laughs) Uh, That show is pretty crazy. Uh, So I've gotten to do it three times, uh, season nine, season 10, and this past season, season 13, which was my best one. I made it to semifinals before I went for a swim. And every year it's been something that I've enjoyed doing in the past and it's something I hope I get to continue doing, uh, hopefully. Uh, but the, it's hard to explain unless you actually race a NASCAR because the show actually carries a lot of similarities to NASCAR, right. especially the way we're racing right now with no practice, no qualifying, unload and go. That's a lot how the show operates. Uh, you, you get no practice, you get one shot, and if you mess up, it's over. It's done. Same as our racing right now. You, you get one shot at it, and you can either have a good run or you can have a bad run. And there's no do-overs. So from the racing side, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, as far as the show go and the people, it's just amazing. You, you walk on the set, and you're like, this is every bit of a full-blown production. Like, it's amazing. The amount of lights, the amount of cameras... Uh, the pressure that you feel as a competitor is unexplainable uh, unless you're hopping into a car at Talladega and never have done a lap at Talladega. <laughs> your first lap is going to be a green flag, in which case it's a lot like that. Wow. <laughs> that that's, that's incredible. And, you know, the show's been on for several years. I remember when they started with the Japan version on G4 and to what it's become now. How did you decide you wanted to get involved in that? Uh, I have a big uh, rock climbing background, so I, I've climbed for the better part of a decade, or probably a little bit more than a decade, and so I travel all over the country when I do have free time, and I go to Colorado, and I go climbing when I can, so that part uh, made a lot of sense. People would see me climbing, and they're like, man, you should do American Ninja Warrior, and I, even on, you have to fill out a very lengthy application when you apply for that show. And one of the questions was, uh, why do you think you should be on the show? And I said, if I had a nickel for every time somebody told me I should be on this show, I'd already have a million dollars. Who's uh, maybe another driver uh, that you think uh, would be good on the show? Who, who's somebody that you would like to see out on the course? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, 
think AJ would probably do pretty good. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I'm a dinger. Yeah, absolutely. David, uh, with all those push-ups you're doing every day, we need to get you out there. Dude, I'd, lo I'd love to do it one time. I like a challenge, you know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's awesome, you know. And uh, I, I kind of like – you know, it's interesting to hear Jade explain it, the, the similarities to, to NASCAR racing. You know, you, you get there, it ain't like you got two hours of practice or an hour of practice. I mean, there's a big production, and, you know, and, and man, you just it's, – it's amazing. I had no idea. I thought, you know, when I'm watching on TV, like, these guys have practiced this, and it's not. You just – you get one shot at it, and you either, you're either successful or you're not, you know, and then no different from unloading – like we do week in and week out at Richmond this week, we unloaded and man, we didn't, we didn't have what we needed and, and man, you just do the best you can with it and get, get through it. And, uh, and the next race you go to, you hopefully your team and your crew chief and everybody you unload where it's like perfect, you know what I mean? So uh, that's, it's a challenge, you know, it's not easy. And uh, so it's interesting to hear Jay explain that. I had no idea. Wow. And Jay, the rock, the rock climbing, man, that's that's intriguing. I just think that's the coolest thing ever. Obviously, I'm not a rock climber. I don't know about you, Tyler, Dominic. I don't know if you guys climb rocks, but I, I mean, there's just so many questions. You know what I mean? How do you, you know, how do you secure your anchor, and how do you climb up there? I mean, I'm just like, you know, do you take a drill with you? I mean, how do you? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know. It's just, golly, you know, you watch, Jay, you watch rock climbers like yourself, and I'm like, man, y'all make it look easy, but it's not easy, you know what I mean? And I think it's, man, the phys physical condition that somebody has to be in to climb a mountain and climb these rocks is amazing, you know? So, uh, so man, I, you know, I think in NASCAR racing, I mean, to, you know, as, as an athlete, you have to be in physically good, great shape, and I... It sounds like, man, you you have a lot of that, and a lot of it probably comes from your your rock climbing days. Yeah, I definitely think climbing helps me as a driver. It's physical, but it's also still very mental. You have to kind of think of think of think your way through everything. Primarily, what I do when I go climbing is it's called bouldering. So it's shorter climbs, no ropes. Uh, we use these big pads that are like backpacks on our back as we pad our landing area or where we may fall. Uh, I used to do a good bit of sport climbing, which is where you would clip into a lead and you carry a rope along with you and you have somebody down at the other end as an anchor. Um, but primarily bouldering is more power than endurance based. So the level of difficulty is just in the movement, not how high you are off the ground. So you're telling me you... <laughs> Man, I... You're telling me your backpack is like your freaking shoulder pads? So, I mean, so you can pad your fall? I mean, yeah, uh, so it's a uh, picture like a, a, a mattress that folds up and it has backpack straps on it so you can carry it on your back to wherever you're going. Wow, dude, that's man, man, you're a perfect race car driver because, man, the daredevil in you, man, it's there. Wow. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to strap anything on my back to pot to, you know you know what i mean i mean that's nuts man but that's i think we awesome. found the most interesting man in nascar david that's really cool man is that interesting dudes i mean hell we need to go we need to go with jade sometime and and, and get us a lesson man that's pretty awesome that's so, that's too cool yeah that's jade cool. take Take us, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious now, knowing your relationship with Scott Bichetta and, and, you know, how that came about. So now that you're full-time NASCAR race car driver and, you're, you know, your schedule is super busy, does Scott call you and say, hey, man, we're going to mid-Ohio on Tuesday or Wednesday or coming back to Austin, Dakota and Austin? I mean, do you still... Uh, are you still lending a hand to Scott Bichetta, helping him in, in his in his '69 Corvette? You know, is that is that how's how's that look today? Uh, I still stay pretty busy with that. Uh, before I came to Richmond, I actually flew in from Watkins Glen. Uh, we were there for a Trans Am race and a vintage race, so we had the Corvette and a couple of Trans Am cars. So I, I still we we actually live pretty close to each other in Nashville. He's only about ten minutes down the road. So I fly out of here with him, and I'll go spend a couple of days with them at a track getting ready for a race, and then 
I jet out of there and head to head to wherever I need to go for the Xfinity series that weekend. Dude, that's that's pretty awesome, man. That's hey, and, and man, being behind the wheel, you know, educating, teaching somebody, uh, mentoring uh, their driving ability, and there's you know, you sharing your skills. Uh, Man, it just makes you a better race car driver too. I mean, just anytime you're behind the wheel, I don't care driving a race car. I mean, if you could do it every day, it's amazing, you know. And it sounds like you got a man. What a cool life! What a cool job! And man, you you're surrounding yourself with some great people. And uh, man, I think uh, you got a big future ahead of you. Well, thank you very much. I'm very fortunate to get get to do all these things. Jade, one more question for you before we uh, move on here. Uh, you went to Auburn uh, for college. Are you much of an Auburn Tigers fan? Uh, what's uh, what your big football guy on that front too? I definitely was back in the day. Uh, Auburn Tigers are pretty much the, the heart and soul to, to Auburn. Um, so keep up with them. If I still, I don't watch football religiously, uh, but if I see Auburn playing, I'll definitely give it a few minutes and see how they're doing. I was lucky to be at Auburn when we had a Cam Newton. Oh, so it was easy to watch all the games then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh man, Cam Newton. That must have been some fun times. Yeah, won the national championship and everything. Uh, yeah, that's that's too cool. Um, better than uh, what David has to go through as a Cowboys fan right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is so. That is so true, Tyler. But it could hey. be worse, guys. You could be a Packers fan. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um. Hey, I was proud of our Cowboys last Monday night, though. They put not not last night, but last week they they uh, they they showed some promise. So uh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, guys, uh, we'll get to our news and notes segment in just a moment. But before we get to that, uh, I want to tell you about our friends at Whataburger. They are serving up uh, some great food each and every day. Uh, you know, the, the water burgers they cook up are 100% pure beef burgers, 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fix anytime, day or night, at Whataburger. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. Dominic, uh, news and notes. Uh, let's start out looking at the uh, NASCAR playoff situation. An elimination race heading into Bristol and – uh, there's a lot on the line here. Uh, the, the points are really tight heading into this weekend. They're super tight. We know a few drivers are going to be advancing on. seems like the Joe Gibbs Racing Brigade is going to be in great shape. But who would have thought we'd be talking about two Hendrick Motorsports drivers potentially on the cut round of the 16, not even advancing to the round of 12, right? Kurt Busch on the edge there. But, I mean, even just taking a step backwards there, too, Martin Truex picking up that fourth win of the year in the Federated Auto Parts 400 at Richmond Raceway Saturday fourth career or fourth win of 2021 and 31st of his career. I mean, one win away now from Dale Jarrett on the all-time wins list. I mean, talk about a guy that had not won at a short track until just a few years ago. And he's just at this blistering pace winning at all these races. And I got to tell you guys, I mean, Bristol's going to be a fun race. I, I We're going to see some guys go home that could have been championship contenders. What say you, David? Uh, what do you think is going to happen on a Saturday night here? I mean, you know, it's exciting. It's, uh, you know, anytime you go to Bristol, you race at Bristol. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of sparks, a lot of, a lot of excitement. And uh, I'm excited to, to I'm going to actually be in the race, but it's going to be exciting to see how it plays out. You know what I mean? I mean, you look how I was really surprised, not really surprised, but man, you look at the uh, Ganassi cars, Ross Chastain and, Kurt Busch, those guys, man, they, I've been impressed with Kurt Busch. He's been fast, a lot of speed in his cars since the chase has started. You know, he's had some bad luck. Uh, but, you know, the, the Joe Gibbs cars, I think that's the biggest surprise, man, when the playoffs started, man. When you see Denny, uh, Denny Hamlin's dominance and Martin Truex and just see how strong the, the, the Gibbs cars have been since the play, playoffs have started, it just makes me – you know, I mean, we just, we just, you know, every week, week in and week out, we just talk about Hendrix and the dominance of, of Kyle Larson, and, and he is dominant. And, uh, but man, it just seems like now that we're deep into this playoff, uh, our playoffs, man, it's just amazing how strong that the, the Gibbs cars are. You know, it's almost like they were, you know, they planned this out like this. It's a, you know, that's a big surprise to me how, how strong. 
uh, the, the, the Gibbs cars are in the last uh, two races. Uh, Jade, what's uh, been your thoughts on the cup level, how these uh, playoffs have started at this point, man? Been chaotic after Darlington. Uh, I don't think anybody expected what, what happened at Darlington to be how it all would kick off. Um, and then some of the unfortunate events that unfolded at Richmond for a few of the playoff guys. Uh, I think it's been pretty crazy from like as going back to being just a spectator when I watched a cup race. Uh, I think we're in for a pretty crazy playoff period for the, the cup series. So, Dominic, with the, uh, the numbers in front of you there, uh, what's, uh, how do you see the, uh, the, the playoffs plan out here for this elimination race? Who's the four that get in and four that get kicked out? Yeah, when you look at who is in and who is out right now, I mean, Michael McDowell, right? We knew him from the Cinderella story winning the Daytona 500. He's in that must-win situation with what happened at Darlington, finishing last, finishing laps down at Richmond. It's going to take a win for somebody like him to be able to advance to the next round. But you look at somebody like Kurt Busch, Alex Bowman, William Byron, especially William Byron. That one shocks me because here you got you have a guy that was consistently top five in points throughout the year. He's having his career year in so many statistical categories. He may not even advance. Tyler, I look at somebody like Kurt Busch, right, who was running in the top five, had the freak accident he had Saturday night in that race. I just don't see Kurt Busch getting eliminated. At Bristol. I mean, he won this race in 2018. Chip Ganassi Racing has something to prove in their final eight races as an organization. I don't see the one car getting eliminated. Okay. Uh, David, the, the Bristol night race, uh, you, you've seen this race play out so many times. This thing is special, isn't it? This is one of the marquee events of the whole year. This is something, uh, something big if, uh, if you add your name to the winner's list there for this Bristol night race. Something, spe something amazing every year about this race, huh? No, no doubt about it, man. You know, racing at Bristol, under the lights, I mean, playoff race, a lot at stake, you know. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's. I mean, you guys have seen it over the years, tempers flaring, people losing their temper, uh, you know, a short track beating and banging. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's there's a lot at stake. And, and uh, man, and, and a lot of the guys that we're just talking about, uh, you know, that need a win, that need to have a great run to try to stay in this playoff, stay in the playoffs, not get eliminated. And uh, It's just, man, it just, again, the playoff form that NASCAR has, uh, man, I, I, I tell you, I have a lot of people in Texas that aren't even race fans that are paying attention to it because, man, it's just, uh, it's, it's exciting and uh, it's grabbing a lot of people, a lot of non-race fans fans attention you know what I mean and I think that's wonderful about it but uh but man it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting you know I'm I'm, I'm thinking we're gonna see Kyle Larson and, and the dominance of Gibbs again Saturday night but uh you know Kevin Harvick's hanging in there you know as I'm surprised by I'm just su surprised that you know Harvick is hanging in there but a surprise that you know just I, I keep thinking you know he uh that the Stuart Haas cars will you know, you think that they're going to come to the forefront, but it's been all gives, you know. So, uh, I don't know. It's just a lot of interesting stuff going on in our playoffs on the cup side. And, and uh, Saturday night is going to – it's not going to – it was not going to disappoint whoever's paying attention, that's for sure. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that, David. Let's go ahead and uh, move on. The 2022 schedule, we're finding out some details uh, here with uh, some major changes from – 2021. Dominic, go ahead and run that down for us. Yeah, the Athletic and Jordan Bianchi first reported the league schedule, right? They always tend to get that first glimpse of what's going to happen, right? They had the first schedule out on Tuesday. Some of the big changes, right? The big one, right? You have the clash. It's going to be run at the LA Coliseum leading up to the Super Bowl or after the Super Bowl, I should say. So you're going to have the NFL and NASCAR in the same market. I think there's a big capitalization there. You look at the rest of the schedule, right? The Daytona 500 will be February 17th, President's Day weekend. The Bristol Dirt Race moves to Sunday night, April 17th. That date's significant because that's Easter, and that'll be the first time since 1989 that NASCAR has run a Cup Series race on the day of Easter. So 33 years in the making for that to happen. And you look at the rest of the schedule, Homestead moves back to a playoff spot. Richmond will continue to have two races, both staying within the regular season, however. You have Gateway being added to the schedule in midsummer, taking a date away from Pocono Raceway. And the finale at Phoenix Raceway still, that'll be the third straight year, on November 6th. So 
not a lot of changes, but certainly the addition of Gateway, certainly the addition of the Clash. There's some new markets that NASCAR is going to be going to, some potential for some new fans. And I think the other thing to note, too, the only off week for the Cup Series is Father's Day weekend in June. So you're going to have 38 out of 39 grueling weeks. We're having some sort wow. of – Okay, that is, that is significant to hear that uh, on that front. Not much off dates. Uh, we'll start with you this time, Jade. Uh, what's been what's your kind of reaction to uh, this uh, Cup schedule? What we're going to see in twenty twenty two? I think it's going to be pretty busy. A uh, couple new tracks on there. Um, is the Pocono date completely removed, or is it just rescheduled? And there's just one of them. So there's just one Pocono race, but they surrendered one Pocono race in favor of the Gateway race. All right. I haven't taken a big look at it yet, uh, but uh, I don't think that'll change too much, honestly. Um, I think it'll be exciting. It's a lot of races in a year, and like you said, not a lot of off time, but no better place to be than racing. David, you've uh, raced a handful of times at Gateway. You excited to see the Cup Series uh, race out there for the first time? Man, you know, the, just Gateway, you know, uh, what a great facility and a, a really – Kind of a racetrack, kind of reminds me a little bit of Darlington, the kind of a, a way it's shaped, you know, it doesn't have the banking in the corners, but uh, but a fun racetrack. I, I've been blessed to be in victory lane there, and uh, it's just a, a great track. The racing fans, and the, the race fans of that part of the country, man, they, they love their NASCAR racing, and uh, excited to see that Gateway, a place like Gateway, uh, is going to get a cup race, you know, and uh, man, I, I think you're going to see, a, they're going to have to bring in some extra stands for them, I'm concerned, you know, and, uh, you know, just hearing uh, all the, you know, not, like Dominic was saying, not, not a lot of changes, but, uh, but you know, uh, the schedule has changed up, uh, you know, taking a race away from Pocono, but, you know, that being said, and, 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 and I'm, I'm excited to see the new schedule when it comes out, but, you know, you throw in a little bit of, of, of a change on the schedule, then you throw in this new, you know, this new car they're going to run next year. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of changes, a lot of stuff going on in our sport right in front of us, and it's going to be interesting to see how the new car reacts, how it drives on these different racetracks, and to, and to take the new car to, to Gateway and and you know, I think Dominic, you're talking about the L.A. Coliseum and. Los Angeles. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, hearing you say that, and I heard some rumblings last week. Jade might have heard them too, but man, you know, you think of that L.A. Coliseum. I mean, I didn't even know if there's a racetrack built inside that thing. You know what I'm there's saying? There's not. They're building one for it. I mean, it's it's gonna be it's it's you know so. There's some cool, neat stuff going on in our sport, you know, and very interesting to see how it all plays out. But, you know, I think NASCAR really does a good job to uh, to keep it exciting. Uh, you know, obviously going to some big markets, you know, we race all over the country, but uh, but NASCAR and the folks that run NASCAR, they, they do a good job of, of mixing it up. And I think, you know, our sport is just getting more, just getting more popular and popular every year and and you know and that being said you look at michael jordan and all the different you know and, and i just read that uh emmett smith from our famous dallas cowboys is now a, a team owner in our sport and uh you know pit bull i mean it's just uh man it's just a lot of attention uh in our industry uh, uh moving forward from this point on it's pretty cool well, and, and uh, one more note on all this, uh, David. I'm curious to get your perspective on you and, and Jay both on this. Is uh, you know Ben Kennedy is the one that kind of put this all together of this L.A. Coliseum race, and we know Ben is a former Truck Series driver. You raced against Ben Kennedy years ago and such, David. I mean, here's a guy that knows the ins and outs of the sport from a driver's perspective and taking on this new leadership role with NASCAR. It reminds me in a sense of when you look at, you know, the NFL or the NBA, when, when you have uh, a player that's a players association representative or some sorts that has their voice being heard, made the decisions that are being made. Um, tell me about Ben Kennedy and his role. How, how much does that help you guys when, when Ben is, uh, in, you know, an advocate in his position, being a former driver and all, David. 
Well, I mean, you know, Ben Kennedy, he's, you know, he's NASCAR. He's, he's part of the France family. And, you know, his grandfather, uh, Bill France Jr., his great-grandfather, Bill France. I mean, I just think Ben is a, a great young man. He was a great race car driver. I was surprised to see him, uh, you know, he raced in the truck series. And uh, I thought he would race longer. But, you know, uh, you know, I'm not surprised what's going on with Ben when I, when I see him race and when I watched him. You know, I think he's the guy, he's the – He's the leadership of this sport moving forward. You know what I mean? I, I just look at him and see what his his grandfather, his great-grandfather did for NASCAR racing, putting it on the map, creating one of the world's largest and biggest racing association in the world. I think the future leadership of NASCAR is Ben Kennedy, you know, and I think his perspective on racing and, and being a driver and I think that makes him make great decisions for the industry, you know. And, and one of the things, you know, I probably shouldn't say this, that, you know, a lot of the people, you know, and, and I probably shouldn't say what I want to say here, but it's always great to have leadership in an industry where somebody was a part of the racing side. You know, Ben Kennedy was a race car driver. He worked with the crew chief, engineers, team owners. You know, he saw that side of it. And sometimes the people that run NASCAR, they, they never were a race car driver. And it, think it's, I think it's great for the sport that have Ben Kennedy that race competitively in NASCAR taking the reins of this industry. And I think, he, I think he's the, the leadership of this industry for years to come. Jane, have you gotten to know Ben at all? Uh, what, what do you make of what, what he's done kind of overseeing things? Well, from my background, I definitely like the direction NASCAR has gone in the last couple of years. Like from sports car racing, if you come from sports car racing, there's if there's ever a time to come play around the Xfinity Series or Cup Series, it's now. We got almost as many road course races as I, I would run in a regular season back in IMSA and probably World Challenge. Uh, as far as Ben Kennedy goes, I, I don't know him that well. We actually just met. Uh, the first year I did American Ninja Warrior, he was actually a competitor in season. Oh, nine. Wow. So oh, that, wow, that's amazing. The first year I did it was at Daytona, and uh, one of the producers was like, oh, he's like, oh, there's another race car driver over there. Go hang with him. And I walked up, and it was like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, that's cool. That is that cool, Ben Kennedy? I mean, that's amazing. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, I mean, I just think Ben is just a great guy. I think that he's, what he's going to do for our sport, the future of it is is in good hands with Ben Kennedy, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's get to our Ask David segment in just a moment. Before we do, stop by Whataburger for a hot, hearty breakfast. Any morning or late at night, they're serving up breakfast from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. What a burger. All right, our uh, first question this week, it uh, comes from Bill on the email inbox, and you can reach us uh, by email at uh, davidstarpodcast.gmail.com, also on Facebook at uh, David Star Podcast and on Twitter at Star Podcast. And this one's for David. Uh, David, Bill writes, who is going to be the best player in the NFL this year? <laughs> Man, you know, I, I think that I think Tyler, you probably could answer that question, but you know, I mean, better than I could. But I, I think, you know, man, you know, I'm I'm a big Tom Brady guy. You know, Patrick Mahomes. You know, some of these quarterbacks uh, that we're seeing, uh, man, what Tom Brady did the other night ago against our Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they left him and they left him just enough time for him to charge down the field, win the game. You know, and. You look at what Patrick Mahomes has done the last, you know, two, three, four years in the NFL, and you look at, you know, what he did. Uh, I didn't see the game Sunday, but I heard about it. You know, I mean, I mean that's 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 a hard question to answer, and I would go to you, Tyler, because I know you follow uh, the NFL a lot more and a lot more in depth than I do. Uh, that would be a question that I would I would 
ask you, Tyler, who, who's that person going to be? Because I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I think you actually did answer it. I would go with Patrick Mahomes, the uh, quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. He looked great. Of course you would, Tyler. You're a Chiefs fan. That's very biased. <laughs> hey, I mean, he's the most talented player in the league. Yeah. I mean, case in point, you know, I mean, Absolutely. he was terrific last week in that comeback win against the Browns. And, uh, I mean, with the way that the Chiefs are just built offensively with – that new offensive line and such. I think they're due for a big year. I got the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl this year. So uh, it should be a fun year on that front. Uh, Jada, uh, you said you're not much of a football fan. Uh, is there certain guys you do enjoy watching when you get a chance? Uh, I, I know uh, you said you, you went to college with Cam Newton. He's not playing right now, but I'm sure that was cool to root him on and see what he was doing the last few years. Yeah, he was a uh, man. The Auburn days, he was pretty much unstoppable. And uh, then he was also all around a good guy. Like he never scored a touchdown without like going and spending some time with the fans. And that was always pretty awesome. Uh, and as a student, uh, that definitely stood out and something I remembered. Uh, as far as NFL goes, uh, like, like you said, I'm not, not the biggest uh, NFL buff and know everything. Tom Brady is, is definitely got to be up there uh, as, <laughs> as a player. And not do it. It's always like in racing. Uh, I had one breakout year where I scored like a, a large amount of a lot of poles, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's because he's in that car." And I went to another manufacturer the next year and did the same thing, and no one was like, "Oh, well, it's not the car anymore. He's in a different car." <laughs> uh, I look at Tom Brady the same way. He won a lot of championships with the Patriots. Then he went to another team, and one year did the same thing, and that's pretty impressive. Absolutely, man. It's the common denominator is Jade himself and Tom Brady. I mean, you change manufacturers, you change races. No, I mean, it's it's the truth, you know. I mean, uh, you know, people sometimes their perception is like, you know, the coach, the team and makes it easy, you know. But uh, it's cool to, to, to hear Jade speak about that because, you know, you change teams, you change manufacturer and then the same the outcome is the same. Well, you know, that, that pretty much says what it is. You know what I mean? These guys are good, you know? And uh, so, absolutely. Dominic's still trying to recover from that Packers beatdown on Sunday. All I'm going <laughs> to say is if you guys have seen the longest yard, Aaron Rodgers looked like Paul Reck and crew out there. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another question we got. Uh, this one's for Jade. Uh, it comes from Dusty. Dusty writes, what's the longest your beard has ever gotten? I'm not seeing much of a beard right now, though, uh, Jay. There's been a few occasions where I've let it grow out a little bit. Uh, not too long, though. Uh, usually after, I think, probably two or three weeks, I shave it off. It gets too itchy. I can't stand it. <laughs> David, you ever had facial hair? Man, not really. I mean, about what you see now, you know, is about it. You know, I can only go for about two or three days and I got to shave, you know what I mean? And uh, I've never had a mustache or a beard, you know. And, you know, Tyler and I were talking about this, and that was a great question to ask Jade. I'm kind of looking at Tyler, uh, Dominic here, you know. I think he – I think – he, he lost his razor or something, dude. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, I've been shaving kind of like you, Dale. I'll go every two days, every three days and look in the mirror. I haven't shaved now in like – it's been almost a month, right? I guess I went on hiatus after we went on our show hiatus. I went on hiatus from shaving, and I just haven't found the razor yet. So this is the longest it's been in almost a year. Well, there you go, man. There we How go. How about you, Tyler? What's the longest years ever gotten? Uh, so as a Native American, my problem is my facial hair just gets patchy. Uh, I can grow it, but it doesn't like get full. So I, I shave about every other day. Uh, and when I'm doing TV every day, I shave about every day. So well, what do you guys yeah. think? Should I go for like the ZZ top look and just keep letting the beard grow? Uh, no, I can't even pull that off. I, I could do a goatee, baby, but that's about it. Uh, <laughs> should I? Should I let the beard keep growing? What do y'all think? I don't see why not. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, what, hey, dude. Whatever you want to do. We support it, uh, Dominic. So, hey, uh, <laughs> that's a question uh, I think you need to ask your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she told me to let it keep growing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not opposed to that. Absolutely. Well, Jade, before we go, man, tell us where uh, people can follow you and uh, check out all the, the stuff you're doing on and off the track, man. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Jade Buford on Facebook, Jade Buford, Jade underscore Buford underscore racing on Instagram, and Jade 
48 Buford on Twitter. Awesome stuff. Uh, guys, before we go, uh, we want to take a moment to uh, recognize somebody that has uh, been very close to us over the last several years, and especially to uh, Dominic Aragon, uh, as we uh, received some sad news uh, that a big fan of the show, friend of ours, Asher Eaton, had uh, passed away on Tuesday morning. Dominic, kind of share with us about Sherry and just what she had meant to you and and uh, all of us involved here. Yeah, Sherry had been a part of the RacingExperts.com since 2019. She'd been our chief photographer there for a while, too. And she'd shot a lot of races with us. I mean, Tyler and David, we've all shared meals with her. We've had a lot of fun at the races over the course of this country over the last couple of years. And, yeah, she's going to be sorely missed. She's definitely somebody that was a big racing fan and had an even bigger heart. And her presence not only as a colleague but as somebody who I consider an extension of my family, she's going to be sorely missed. You know, my uh, connection with Sherry was uh, from you, Dominic, and uh, I mean, just such a sweet lady. And I remember we, we had dinner at the Olive Garden after Homestead in 2019 with David yep. uh, and uh, and Sherry and, and the whole gang. It was Marcus. a great way to end the season. And, yeah. and, uh, and then several months later, the uh, Kansas race came around in July and uh, Sherry hits me up out of the blue and says, you need to interview David while you're out there. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess I can. Not a bad idea. And uh, so she gives me David's number and I get him on my radio show. And what do you know from that point? That's what ultimately led to the start of this podcast was from that interview in July of last year. So uh, I don't know if we would be here without Sherry, in all honesty. So she is certainly missed. David, uh, I know you got to know Sherry, too. What a sweet lady, huh? Oh, man, just, you know, just sad, just sadness, you know, just a, a sweet sweet lady and obviously I met her through Dominic and uh after we had dinner at that Olive Garden you know she stayed in touch with me and she you know she was just a sweet lady and always wanted to help and uh man it's just uh you know obviously this probably all this stuff what we've been doing the last year would have probably never happened if it wasn't for her um you know you could tell that she had a heart of gold uh, obviously, I, I think I know exactly where she's at up in heaven right now, but it just, it's just sad, man. It's just sad. And, and, you know, I wish everybody, we could all live forever, but man, it seemed like the last couple of years, it's just been, a, you know, there's been too many deaths, you know what I mean? So, um, anyway, just, you know, just more sad news you received and, uh, uh, just, I don't know, man, it just, I mean, it just sucks, you know what I mean? Somebody can say, yeah, she's in a better place and we know where she's at, but at the end of the day, it just sucks. It ain't, you know, I, I don't know how else to put it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to sit here and just say, you know, it's just, it's not good. It's terrible. Right. Well, yeah. we're certainly keeping our family and our friends in our, in our prayers and certainly thinking of them uh, <laughs> go, as we go through this time. Uh, before we go, uh, real quick, uh, let's start with uh, Jade real quick. Jade, uh, tell me about the next few days leading to Bristol. What do they look like for you, man? Uh, they'll be busy. I'll actually be heading there tomorrow. I'm running the Arca Series as well as the Xfinity Series with uh, Big Machine Racing and Spike Coolers this weekend. So it's going to be busy. Dominic, how about you with the racing experts? Man, we'll, we'll be covering the sport with some heavy hearts this weekend. Jonathan Field stepping up like always, like he has this season for us. Jonathan and I will take care of everything. Adam Kuhn, Justin Malillo, a lot of solid guys on our staff, on the writing staff. And, man, we'll just we'll keep covering the sport and the daily news, and we'll keep circling back here. And can't wait to be back on next week's show with you guys. How about you, David? Man, I just uh, well, I'm just hearing what Jay's run Arca race. It gives us somebody to cheer for. Uh, you know, th is it Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, Jade? When is that race? Thursday evening. We'll have practice, qualifying, and race. Well, dude, that's that's awesome, man. You know, I always kind of, you know, when you, I don't pay much attention to Arca series just because I don't really know anybody, you know. But uh, it'd be kind of cool to follow it now. Uh, uh, to follow you and to see if you can put that, you know, your car in the victory lane, which, you know, I'd be surprised if you don't. And, uh, you know, it'd be great to get some experience at Bristol. And, uh, but man, for myself, just, uh, just busy back here at home catching up. I was gone for about 10 days and got back Sunday, just trying to catch up on some racing school business, some racing business. And, uh, but looking forward to Bristol, I'll be in the, the Whataburger uh, our Whataburger number 66 Toyota Supra Friday night and then uh, get to back that up again in the cup race. And, man, it's kind of cool to have a Whataburger 
sponsorship car for our cup race at Bristol Saturday night. So uh, it's going to be a fun weekend with a lot of great racing. And, uh, man, it's going to be exciting racing, especially with all this championship chase stuff going on. So, uh, yeah, just, man, we got we got cool jobs and just blessed that we get the opportunity to do what we do and all the great sponsors that we have that make this possible. I look forward to racing against Jay Friday night and beating and banging with him. And, uh, you know, for the folks that are watching our show, you know, go watch Jade because uh, he's going to have a big future in our NASCAR racing. I'm, ex I'm, ex I'm excited about his future. But uh, it's going to be a great weekend in racing. How about yourself, Tyler? What do you got planned for this weekend, buddy? Busy week. Uh, got a new Jones report coming out later this week. I'm actually, uh, a good plug here, talking to uh, Fox NASCAR host Shannon Spake this week uh, on the Jones report. And uh, she's also covering the National Football League as well. So, Plenty to talk about with Shannon. That'll be out on a Thursday on the Jones Report, available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and uh, you know, busy with the TV side of things, of course. And so uh, it'll be a, a nice few days ahead. And uh, we certainly appreciate everybody for listening and watching this show. You should you can subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Be sure to hit that like button and uh, give us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. You can follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and also hit us up on the email inbox, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. we got to put the checkered flag out on this episode for David Star, Dominic Aragon, Jade Buford, I'm Tyler Jones, saying so long. This has been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next time.